Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm joined by Chris Sherrod and Chris Legg. This is Reconstructed Faith. Welcome to the Reconstructed Faith Podcast. My name is Colson Lechner, in here in the studio with Chris Legg and Chris Sherrod. Chris is, how you doing? Doing great. Doing very well. Thank you. Good. We're rocking and rolling. Man, this is good. Well, we're just going to jump right in today mm-hmm. great. because we've got a decent amount to cover. First thing we're going to talk about is just a quick comment on the Worldly Theories of Truth episode not yeah. too long ago. Chris, yeah. like, do you want to take that away real quick? I would love to. That was, okay, so for those of you who are out there and you listened to that one and you found yourself going, what, what? Cricket, cricket. Mm-hmm. What is that? Um, hey, good news. Uh, and this is part of what we want you to experience and know is we're, we are learning. We are growing. We're testing ourselves. We're, we're trying new things. And that was truly me coming in saying, Hey guys, I just, I just read this stuff and I'm trying to understand it. And honestly, I was hoping that, that one or both of the, uh, one of both of you guys would go, Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here are the five theories on truth here. Let me explain it to you in a way that'll make sense. So and if it y'all- sounded like we didn't know how really how to respond. We weren't acting. <laughs> That's true. It was a real yawn. Like, wow. <laughs> Not a yawn. Um, it was, but, but that's okay. Again, that's probably what we're trying to help right. people see. Well, this. and the good thing is, I guess for, I, I think we referenced this in the last episode, the reason why you're looking into this is because you're teaching on it. Yeah. And so you're like, I'm wrestling with these things as well. Yes. And so this is, it's a part of discipleship too. It's like, as we're learning new things and trying to incorporate perspectives and stuff like that. Sometimes right. we'll run into things that we need to bounce off of each other and really dig deep into. Yes. We don't, th- this is, we've said from day one in this podcast, we're not, we're not hosting this podcast because we have all the answers. Right. Um, that's, that's not what this is about. It is, we are still in the process of deconstructing and reconstructing our understandings, even, even of our faith. Things as fundamental as what is truth and what are the theories about what truth is. And that's, that's what we want is for people to know they can wrestle through these things and know uh, that there are sources, there's places to go and ways you can understand it. And anyway, it's, it's a constant thing for me. I think one of the things that people, maybe one of the few things that people like about my preaching is that I get fascinated by this stuff. And I like just this week, again, studying for this Sunday and going, I don't, this doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand this. And, and cutting and power and looking into the languages and digging in the commentaries. And then finally it comes together, man, that, I get so excited about that. I didn't know on Monday, what's the day, Monday? I didn't know yeah. on Sunday what, what that meant. But now on Monday, I get it, and it makes sense. And it's a passage I've looked at before. So I'm, I'll just, that's, that's, the, that's what it's all about. Just to, we want to encourage you to continue learning and growing and taking things apart and putting them back together. Yep. Well, I think what's refreshing <clears throat> excuse me, about that is that people have had such a dogmatic experience Um. Mm-hmm. That's part of, I, I think that's some of the reason people feel um, guilty deconstructing their faith or they want to deconstruct their faith because everything's just been pounded into them with yep. such certainty. And there's things we can be certain about, but the humility to say, like, I don't know, or I just learned this, or um, just not feeling like you always have to have an answer to to everything, um, I think is is a disarming in a good way. Yeah. Like it makes you feel like, okay, I can get behind this because I'm not, I don't feel like I'm 
being treated as the dumb one and mm-hmm. right we're just we're we're and we're going to come back to those. Yeah. By the way, I'm, I I do understand them better since I got no no help in here. <laughs> I had to go back and keep studying. I could have it. told you that before we had the conversation that I was not going to be any help. But uh, but the good thing is is like we can revisit those yes. and they can still be helpful. Yeah. I think I think they will be because I am understanding. Really, there's one theory of truth, and there's a lot of theories of stuff that truth isn't. If that. Yeah. There you go. So that was so much more helpful right there. Okay. There you good. go. You can, see, you can see I know exactly how to put it into words. All right. Brilliant. Yeah, we'll come back to those at some point because they are fascinating. Mm-hmm. But we're talking, about, we're talking about trying to, you know, breaking things down to, to the foundations and really digging into truth. And so a big part of that is the Word of God. It's the Bible. And mm-hmm. that was one of the things we were wanting to talk about this week was the Bible. Chris, share, yeah. did you want to start, start that one off? Yeah, I think... When a lot of people, as Christians, just grow up thinking, I believe the Bible, it's kind of like when you get a license agreement on your computer or your phone to, to get a new app or to new whatever, you, you literally just go, yeah, 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 whatever. Agree. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> and you, you li- you, they could have said, you also have to give your right kidney, you know, <laughs> right. and it's like you would have no idea that you just signed on for that because you wanted to get to the... And so... There's kind of a new push right now amongst atheists of uh, the 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 main people. The reason a lot of people are leaving the faith is because they're actually reading their Bible, and they're reading weird things. And so it's it's no longer the good book. It's the anti science Bible, right. the pro slavery Bible, the pro violence Bible, the intolerant only one way to God Bible, the weird bizarre commands anti-shrimp Bible, <laughs> like you've got all of these different... So, so but really. you're saying is their argument is that people are leaving because they're now reading it yes. so, for themselves. Yeah, here's a quote from uh, an atheist. The road to atheism is littered with Bibles that have been read cover to cover. And so a lot of that goes back to how do you approach any piece of literature, but how do you even read your Bible? Because if you look at a lot of the memes and quotes that people are lifting, it you... It's out of context. Or, and, and the problem is you've got these layers of ignorance where yes. a lot of Christians will hear that and they're like, oh, my goodness, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. That was in the Bible, like, do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. And that's just weird, first of all. But then they don't have the context or because, mm-hmm. like, I don't own goats. Like, it's just yeah. so weird. <laughs> and so that's where on both sides, and, I, I mean, it could be where atheists know mm-hmm. that they're doing this, but I think a lot of them just don't know. They're just lifting a verse out of Leviticus randomly right. that's put there to counter the, you know, pagan practices of the, mm-hmm. of the Canaanites, for example. Right. And we just go, that's just weird, or that just sounds weird to me. And so we don't know the context, mm-hmm. and so we feel like, yeah, this is a weird book. And right. if if God got it wrong on that issue, mm-hmm. uh, like slavery or genocide, then maybe He got it wrong on the Jesus issue or right. the homosexuality issue. And then we're all, so we should throw the whole thing out. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And so I think that's, that is always going to be, my, my two things I always say is, is there a God and has he spoken? Or is God the designer and definer? Right. Which means he's given it to us. We were just talking about the chosen a few minutes ago, where as you watch along the way, Matthew's writing down the things that Jesus is saying or doing or things like that. And Chris pointed out, well, we, the reason we need these things written down is because it prevents us from being able to have this weird 
I think God's telling me to blah blah blah. Right. And then you can just Or I got a anything. I got a word from the Lord. Right. Which right. which by the way, just a comment, at the personal level, that's that certainly is gonna happen. Yeah. People I feel like God's leading me in this, or I feel like God spoke to me. Right. The difference is, is this now for all of us? Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's those are very different. Those yeah. are very different concepts. <clears throat> if a Christian says, ah, I feel like God was telling me to give uh, you know, an extra twenty bucks to that guy on the side of the road. I mean, all right. Right, there's no way to verify one way or right. another, but yeah. it it fits in with kind of the way God talks about things. All right, we we can go with that. Yeah, um, but, but I think the humble how do you of, teach everybody. Oh, everybody! Right. So everybody needs to give twenty dollars. Right. That's now my word from the Lord. Everyone <laughs> needs to give twenty. That's there are two different things. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, no the 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 role of do you have a standard for truth? There you this go. Goes back to what you talked about. Yep. That I am using to to judge these other experiences or feelings or thoughts or philosophies. That's a huge one. So I think. One of the first pins that gets knocked over is going to be, do I really believe the Bible? And um, do I understand the Bible? And part of this is our impatient, I don't know, Twitterization of our even Bible oh, reading. Yeah. That we just want a quick answer. And if you can't give it to me in a certain number of, you know, mm-hmm. words, then it's too, it's too much or it's going to take too much. And, like the problem of evil, you can't answer in a tweet. Right. Uh, yeah. You can't explain in a tweet or explaining really why we need Jesus because mm-hmm. of sin and what Jesus came to do. Like that's it's it needs an explanation. Right. And again, I think a lot of people don't don't want to take the time to do that. Or if it just sounds weird or makes me uncomfortable mm-hmm. or and it, it all goes back to I'm the final authority. Right. Which that's the other so I think a huge you know, crossroad or, or a place where we're going to diverge is going to be, okay, so am I the final arbiter of truth or mm-hmm. have I decided that the Bible is reliable, is trustworthy? And then I'm trying to figure out, so then how do I read it? Right. right. And then is that the final arbiter of truth? Yeah. So I think everything is going to go back to that, which is, again, the very first lie that Satan ever, mm-hmm. sorry, the very first words that ever came out of Satan's mouth are, did God really say? Yep. Because he wants to challenge that. Yeah. And then everything else really goes mm-hmm. uh, if you throw that one out. Yeah. So the Bible Project is had just went through, they called it the Paradigm Series. Have you guys heard about this? Mm-hmm. In their podcast, where they were talking about like common misconceptions of how people view the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like the Bible had editors, what? Right. Kind of right. how that goes. Um, the telephone game. Yeah, just things like, okay, well, these are common questions that people are asking that it's like, no, this is the Bible is God's word and here is how it is. And so I would if anybody is wrestling with okay, but how how can I believe the Bible and really wants to like dig deep into that, the Bible Project Paradigm series is awesome because what and they spoke to exactly what you were saying in the episode I was listening today talking about how taking time like the the Bible is designed to be read and reread. Yes. And how everything kind of links together, but it's not something if if it's being used if we're treating it like a devotional grab bag or a Bible dictionary or something like that. Yeah, it's an amazing thing that we can use. It can be used like that, but the way that it was designed, overarching to be read. So yeah, and so I don't know what you guys would say to that, but I'm like that that could be a great thing if you're dealing with that. I feel Uh, like we run into in the church so often among Christians. I think part of why they seem ignorant about the Bible is because, 
and I haven't listened to those yet. I'll have to yeah. listen to those. That that they either treat it as a textbook mm-hmm. or as a magic book. Right. Mm-hmm. And exactly. those seem to be the two extremes. Yeah. And that people either treat it as, you know, I can I can close my eyes, open to a random page and point to it, and that's God's yeah. that's God's special message to me today. Yeah. And and it may be about the treatment of boils. So just just be aware, like there's <laughs> right. no telling what you're gonna get. Right. And when you because this this book or or they treat it now I'll come back to this, or they treat it like a textbook, which is well, there's it was all written by one committee in, mm-hmm. in a period of a few months, and there's bold print words that you can go to the glossary at the back and see what those words mean. And right. they always mean the same thing every time you run into them. Right. And instead of understanding that this is a book that that spans thousands of years mm-hmm. and 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 mainly one culture but but not exclusively one culture at all multiple cultures and even with that one culture across at least 3 or 4000 years of right. of recorded history and some of it is i use the analogy a lot with people to help them understand because in the christian world what i run into is people who do treat it like a textbook that 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 what is written in psalm in a psalm should be understood as the same as something written in the Beatitudes and the same as something written in Proverbs and the same as something written in Leviticus. And people will just take a verse from any one of those and and speak it as though there's no work to be done here. Um, and uh, there are infamous ones that are, you know, God's commandments to Israel that are a prophecy or and, and that you have a, a nice sentence in the middle of a prophecy that's horrific. And Christians will take that that nice sentence and they'll put it on doilies and t-shirts and make right. it be the theme of their fundraising events. And they, and yet they've left out the, you know, the verses on either side that clearly show, Hey, this is not for you. This right. is not for you. Um, man, I it's like, a huge issue. I like to use the illustration of when you walk into a bookstore, there's signs all over the place telling you mm-hmm. the different sections. Right. And if you don't know what section you're in and you just grab a book and start reading, it could be confusing. Absolutely. Because you could be reading science fiction, and if you think you're in the history section, you're going to be really mm-hmm. confused about reality. Have you heard my love letter? One? Yes, and that's no. that's what I was going to okay, say. So yeah. if you've not heard this, Chris, you'll, okay. you will appreciate this. This will, be, this will become your new one. And I don't remember who I'm stealing this from, but I come home, and I find that my wife, my sweet wife, has left a love note for me. It's a, it's a love poem that she's written for me. And it says... Um, Sandwich bags, eggs, milk, <laughs> um, trash bags, butter, toilet, uh-huh. brush, and so I go. What? What does? What is she saying about her love for me when she references the toilet brush? And it's fifth in the list. What does that say about how she feels about the way I serve her? And I, and man, every every tiny application I make from that love letter is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so because good. it's a grocery list, obviously it's a grocery list, not a yep. love poem. And so every bit of work I do is going to be bad if I don't understand that it's a grocery list. That's really good. Yeah. And so when we, when we study scripture, study the Holy Bible, it is, there are at least dozens of different forms of speech. Um, in fact, recently there's been new understandings of potential types of speech that may be new forms of literature that may only exist in the Bible. Um, and then to, if, if that wasn't bad enough, of course, so we just talked about across thousands of years, hundreds of people, multiple cultures, a lot of different types of speech from poetry to prophecy. Mm-hmm. 
and a and a decent percentage of the time, especially with some of the deeper Old Testament stuff, we don't know what part of what form of speech it is. Mm. We don't know if it's a love letter or a grocery list, and so that makes it even more difficult. How did the original author intend it to be read? Was it intended to be read as history, or was it intended to be read as mythology, or was it intended to be read as poetry, or was it intended to be read as analogy? Or and sometimes we don't know, and that that's why we don't get to just randomly pull things out, right? I think as helpful as uh, having all the chapters and verses are for finding things, mm-hmm. it's only about 700 years old that we, we put those things in there. Right. Uh, what it creates is the idea that you can lift a verse out of its yep. context and make it mean whatever you want it to mean, mm-hmm. um, and then you get confusing. So I, my phrase is usually when you're studying the Bible, a verse can never mean what a verse never meant. <laughs> Um, right. In other words, I, I really can't, but people do this all the time. And so and so now we're back to, it sounds like it takes some work to study the Bible. We, we don't just say right. read the Bible, we say study your Bible. Right. The good news is there's so many commentaries and apps and information out there that'll help you. But I think a lot of times we either are just lazy or want the quick explanation, or we're just narcissists when we read it. It's almost like if your wife actually did write you a letter. When Katie and I started dating... Yep. This is back in 1990. We lived three hours apart for, for one semester, and so we wrote letters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Colson, do you know what letters are? <laughs> I just Googled <laughs> it. Actually, <laughs> there's an envelope. You have to stick it in. But anyways. Did y'all yeah. write secret notes under the stamp? We, no. We, we did we that. Didn't do that. We totally wrote letters. That's We're so, so old. That's anyway. great, though. Letter, a person who leads or commands a group, organization. <laughs> right. Oh, that's leader. But if I were to read all of Katie's letters just talking about her week or, or things, whatever. And every time I'm like, okay, but what does this say about me? Yeah. But what, what, what is, what about me? And she's just talking or telling about her week or expressing something in her life. I would be so selfish. Yeah. I just want to know, but, but where's the affirmation part for me? But that's the way people read their Bible. Yes, they, they do that too. All they're looking for is, yeah, but, but what about me? But what about me? And that's so good I, I wonder if, I mean, I do this a lot where, when I'm reading my Bible, if I come to a spot where I'm like, or I'm going through a season where I'm like, this doesn't apply to me. I don't really understand it. I'll go to other sources. And so they're not bad, but I don't know, Chris, do you have any, or do you guys have anything to say for like the, you know, reading C.S. Lewis, reading these things are really good things. They are not a substitute for reading your Bible. Oh, right. And so that's what, that's where I get. I'm like, I'm using these kind of ancillary or kind of sideline things that are meant to kind of bolster what I'm reading in the Bible, but I use them in place of that. And so if anybody's listening, what would you encourage them with? Well, you just, you'd want to make sure that you're being encouraged by something that still is the truth, Mm -hmm. still connected to, and then still making sure that you're in the Bible as well. Right. And not as a replacement for God's word. Um, and uh, ask people what are what are commentaries you use? What yeah. are sources you when use? When it comes to understand, here's what's interesting. So a couple of things came to mind while we we're talking about that. One is, especially with tough passages, and that's mm-hmm. the part that's frustrating. Can be frustrating is when someone says, "Oh, I read this passage." Um, you know, like you said about the cooking the goat in the in the mother's milk, mm-hmm. and and I panicked and freaked out, and that's bad, and that's. So there are plenty of parts of the Bible that require a lot of work. Mm-hmm. A lot of work. And yeah. and what I do when I come across one of those is I note it, and then when I've got the margin to really dive into it, or I'm forced to, for study reasons, dive into it, I do. And that's mm-hmm. when I really dive into it. That being said, there are huge swaths of Scripture that you can just read. Yeah. 
read from read just read from beginning to ending and and most of it will make perfectly good sense or at least close enough good sense mm-hmm. um uh, rich mullins who was i was such a fan of said you know for new believers when people would tell them like here's what you need to read in the bible or you need to read your word and and he would say read matthew mark luke and john 10 times each before you move on to anything else wow and and i don't think that's bad advice because as we said christianity is about christ mm-hmm. fundamentally and those are the four historical accounts two of them are eyewitness maybe three of them are eyewitness accounts and one is a research work done on the life and person of Jesus Christ and there are there are tough passages for sure but man the most of the gospels you can just read yeah. and they're mm-hmm. they're actually pretty compelling narratives as well um and you'll see you'll see patterns emerge already even just doing that and and then you can start noting the questions that you have well I don't understand wait why this or why would he say that? Or gosh, that seems harsh. Or, and then you can dig into it. And usually, even just the simplest understanding of the culture, things begin to make sense. So I'm, mm-hmm. yeah. One, I would tell you definitely read it. Yeah. Um, there's, there is. It, understand some parts are going to require a lot more work on your part, mm-hmm. especially when trying to figure out how to apply it. They're going to be a lot more difficult. Well, and two, it's it's what I mean. You're both saying that I've heard it said the best way to learn to read the Bible is to read the Bible, like. Like you just mm-hmm. start reading it, and when people say, "Do you do you take the Bible literally?" Um, I say I read the Bible normally. In there other you words, go. Yes, it's, it's what Thank you said you. there, where it's it's pretty normal. <laughs> like if I read yesterday that that you know the Dallas Cowboys were crushed yep. by the opponent, I don't go, "Oh my goodness, oh, was no. everybody all right?" <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Did, they, did anyone did die? go to jail? <laughs> <laughs> so I read it normally. But if you were to say you know, a land flowing with milk and honey, nobody ever pictures literal honey flowing. Right, right. We, but we know that. So people go, well, don't you, you take the Bible literally? I go, I, I take it normally. Like you right. can usually figure out mm-hmm. what, you know, what it's talking about or when it's, there's a really good book, by the way, called um, 30 Days to Understand the Bible yeah. by Max Anders. Yep, it is a good one. Um, there's just other resources, but. That's a good one, though. Uh, yeah, it's like, and again, le- like you said, you, you begin to learn the context. Like when right. you when you you walked through the book of John at church, explaining some of the um, ceremonies that Jesus was going That's to right. or whatever. So you begin to learn some of those things because, again, some things they are weird. It's like me telling my my grandma I'm going to go surf the web, right? Or telling Colson you wrote a letter. Uh, I mean, right. we just had go. an example of that. <laughs> and we're only, what, 20, 30 years older right. than Colson right. at yeah. most. And so it's like already you have to explain cultural right. context. Mm-hmm. And right. so much or less. Eight track tape versus a <laughs> yes. CD, which even a CD now. But yes, yeah, just clarifying, I do know what a letter is. <laughs> <laughs> but have you sent one? <laughs> yes, before okay. I have. But anyway, sorry, getting back to that, the cultural context. Even just you know a right. few decades separate, there within our Western yes yeah right. context culture, is like twenty years yeah and even going okay but so maybe that was Leviticus but did God ever say anything else about this later if exactly the Bible's yes. this unfolding story and yes. then you get to the New Testament this attitude towards clean and unclean yeah you know what I mean you begin to realize again if you don't take it as a whole like you were talking about it 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 does seem kind of weird or all by itself, this seems like a weird command that I just can't relate to in my culture. It'd yeah. be like us watching, if we watch outside and there's some guys playing cricket. Yes. We'd be going, what did he just, why did he, I don't get, oh, is he, is he out? No, he's, oh, there's not, you know what I mean? You're trying to figure this out because yes. it's just so strange. Anytime <laughs> I watch rugby <laughs> mm-hmm. and a guy gets tackled, I'm like, oh, it's, he's down. 
<laughs> and then the play keeps going. And I'm like, he's down. They tackled <laughs> yeah, he's him. Down. That's not a fun. Why did they just kick it? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> He'll run. Up. Yes. Kicked anyways, it to himself. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but it's no, because yes. again, I, I'm just I'm ignorant is what mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. And right. I think there's an interesting part at the end of um, in Second Peter where Peter actually affirms Paul's writings being on par with Scripture. Yes. And he actually says some things that Paul writes are hard to understand. And then he says that wicked, sorry, ignorant and unstable people twist. Ignorant and unstable. So they just don't know, and they're just not grounded. Like you think about it, that's that's what he was explaining is going to happen, that there are going to be people who will twist Scripture. Um, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is they're ignorant and they're unstable, and it's hard to understand, and they just they don't understand it. So, Have you guys seen that? You, when we think about that, this, this would be if this is a video podcast, we would now need to show the. You ever seen the little YouTube video of, of how Americans see English sports? No. Okay, we'll watch it later. Okay, if you're, if you're online listening, <laughs> it's worth. I'll link a it second. in the show notes. There you go. Okay, that's it's a, uh, <laughs> yeah. What what? But again, modern, both Western cultures, yeah. and we are totally lost watching each other's sporting events. Yeah. Now. Now imagine trying to explain. If any of you listen to the briefing by Al Mohler, he's uh, he's big into English law, and when he just tries to explain the unwritten English Constitution, just trying to explain that, and I'm sitting there knocking my head against the shower door, going like, I don't. What's an unwritten? How do you have an unwritten Constitution that makes no sense? Like, bing, ding, ding. Like, I don't, I don't get that. This is literally as close a culture as we could have to ours, and yeah. I'm not, I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around it. So. Now, that being said, don't let that scare you. If you're listening, there are copy and paste pages on atheist websites of all the contradictions in Scripture, all the impossible passages in Scripture, all the ways that the Bible supports horrible, evil things or whatever. And that's, I think when the atheists say people are now reading their Bibles, what they mean is people are now reading the verses we're telling them to read, Mm -hmm. and they're so disturbed by them. Right. that they're walking away. Yeah. And and so, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of them on their pages. And I had I went through and randomly assigned myself like 50 of them and checked them. And I think one of them had any, even any questionable. The other 49 were so obviously mm-hmm. what it was and obviously not a contradiction or obviously not a problem or obviously taken out of context or whatever. And so I was very disappointed by that. And so now when I'm engaging with someone who is questioning the authenticity of Scripture which is a very reasonable thing to do. Um, and I, I say, oh, here's what I want you to do. I want you to send me, like I will be an open book to you, send me specific passages that give you the biggest headache. And I'm not kidding that nine times out of ten what I get is that same page copied and pasted really? and sent to okay, me. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not going through 400 of them. I want you to pick five that you have checked and that you think are a problem. Right. Um, and I, I almost never get... A response to that and so nope you find five you read it yourself and you find the five that you go this is really a problem or just one i'm fine with one i'm fine with one up to five if someone's out there listening right now and they want to and they they have a certain passage they're like i don't i just don't get this this makes no sense um you are welcome to send that in to mm-hmm. this and we will we'll look at it it'll be one of the ones we look at and we'll look yeah. at that passage there are and chances are it's probably something that other people have yeah, I even yeah. feel confident <laughs> they, you're not going to find anything no one else has ever found. Have wrestled with. Yes. And so 
that there's comfort in that. Absolutely. That, you know, that there's a lot of stuff that we're wrestling through and there's a place to go for, yeah. for an answer. And I think I said this before, but the reason it's scary in that moment, it's the first time you've thought about it. Mm-hmm. And, and you just, so you think, oh my goodness, does anybody know about this? And then you quickly discover, yeah, yeah I mean, a lot of things. Several thousand years yes. people have been writing about it. Yeah. Millions of pages. And it's, but you're right, the first time we discover something, right, it can create a huge panic. And I've actually learned, so that now emotion, I've been doing this long enough that that emotion of, Oh, 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 goodness. Yeah. Oh, crap. What is it? Right. Oh, shoot. What is this? And it's, it's a, that emotion in me of, oh, I don't like that passage that mm-hmm. now I know over the years that that now creates a sense of excitement for me. Mm-hmm. I'm about to learn something kind of cool. Yeah. And so dig into it. And sure enough, there's something cool there. Mm-hmm. And again, that doesn't mean, uh, just the other day doing a Q and a here had somebody ask a, actually remember Micah asked a question on, from our staff. And and he starts asking the question, and as he starts it, I'm like, "Don't, oh, Micah, don't do this to me!" Like it's it's like one of the toughest passages in the entire Bible, and we just don't have enough context. Mm-hmm. And, and so we wrestled, mm-hmm. and I came away saying, "Here's kind of three or four options," and the truth is, no one, no one knows, and and that's going to be the case sometimes with key pat with mm-hmm. with some, especially obscure passages. But the again, the key concepts and the key passages just isn't that's not the case. The things that are major convictions about faith. Yes. And faith in Jesus. Yep. Are, are clear. Yep. yep. They really they really are. I don't yeah. That would I would say that's the case. Yes, there are obscure things. Yes. There are depending on your perspective either mm-hmm. actual literary contradictions or perceived literary contradictions, but uh that doesn't mean that there's a contradiction in the message of scripture anywhere. And in, when it comes to the fundamentals there's not. Mm-hmm. There's not any real contradictions. So, and when I think it'd be great for us to at some point explain, because I feel like so many of the the randomly quoted memes and verses are like from Leviticus. Yes. And so, by the way, so you mentioned the Bible Project; they do have a really good explanation. But I think at some point, really explaining or walking through the distinctions uh, between ritual laws, civil laws, and moral laws. Yes, that'd be because, great. Because what happens is you've got people quoting Leviticus 18 that's against homosexuality, but then you've got other Leviticus passages that we don't follow. Right. Like, I'm probably wearing clothes made of two different fabrics right now. Right. Um, Your face is shaved. Right. Um, And so they go, well, see, you're being selective. You're saying, I'm going to enforce that one, but not this one. And so how do you you wrestle through that? So I think... Great question. That should be its own... Yep, that'd be a good good episode. Study. That's great. Before we we stop this for now... Mm -hmm. Um, Colson, you asked before we got started about what, what about someone who says, man, I'm so glad you guys are doing this podcast because I can send my friend to listen to it. My friend who's struggling. Yes. Which is a question. Yeah. yeah. So I, my question was, uh, I, I definitely love that we can be a resource to people who are listening. Right. Um, in your faith listener, but then also I love that we can become a resource for somebody else. So if you if you know of somebody who is struggling um, and that you think that this could be a benefit to them, I, I think that's awesome. Right. I, my question was, could we become a crutch yeah. for people? And so I was like, and, and a, a crutch being, hey, I don't want to engage with you. Right. Go listen. To Go listen podcast. to this podcast. And that's not what the guy was asking me or right, even right. commenting. He was actually really encouraging. But I, that was just kind of where my thought process went. 
And so I didn't yeah. know what you would what you would say to that. So this this struck me when you asked that is is the um kind of the I think of this is a real problem in Christianity, especially today, especially in the West and especially in America, is um kind of this specialization fallacy. So let me unpack it just real quick, won't take long. But um so if I, I now charge a certain amount to do counseling or to go speak somewhere. And I'm always turning those opportunities down. Like, no, I can't see you guys. No, I can't do this this time. So what's happened is I now can no longer afford to say, change my own oil because it costs me 45 bucks to pay someone to change my oil and they get it done in 15 minutes. Or I could take an hour because that's how long it takes me to change my oil um, and and save $45 by taking an hour and doing it myself. But the problem is, I charge, you know, $180 a session for an hour-long session to do counseling. So I now can no longer afford to change my oil. What I should do if I have an hour is I see a client, they pay me $180, I pay somebody $50 to change my oil, and I come out $130 ahead. Make sense? This is what makes America so wealthy is our specialization. We all have one thing we do, and we do it really well, and we charge a lot for it, and no, and we don't do anything else. Most of us can't do in, hardly anything outside of our skill set. I know you're smiling because of the whole bus situation oh, no. that you're working on. No, I was, you're <laughs> learning all these new skills. I am. I am. Yeah. But you're right. I'm laughing because it's very true. So the problem is, here's what happens, is the child or the friend comes to the parent and says, how does God judge Native Americans? Or how does God judge mentally handicapped people? Or, uh, well, what about, what about this passage in the Bible? And the specialization law would say that you would go, you need to go talk to the professional. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, that's not what I'm into. I'm not, I'm not, there are people who do that. Yeah. And the problem is when it comes to conversations like faith, they have to be founded in, in a relational context. Like they, they, I mean, we're just, if you don't know us, you know, somebody stopped me the other day and said, like, I feel like I get to hang out with you guys for an hour every week, like, mm-hmm. which is great because they know us and it is like hanging out right, with right, us. Right, right, right. But, but that's very different from a stranger getting on this podcast and listening to us. What would be super valuable is if you listened with them or listened to the same episode as them and then schedule to talk through it, whether it's ours or the Bible Project or, or Reasonable Faith or any of the other excellent podcasts that are out there along these topics. Mm-hmm. Don't just say, hey, here's a, here's a resource. Check. Now I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. Because people are going to care. Well, it's the old John Maxwell. People are going to care what you know because they know that you care. And mm-hmm. so you you getting to sit down and talk with them, that's what's valuable. So I tell people all the time with parents, for example, that, that if, if you say, what are you, if you ask your kids, Hey, what am I passionate about? If, if, if I hire a plumber, that means I'm not passionate about plumbing. My kids know that. If I hire somebody to do the plumbing, I'm like, cause I don't, I don't mean, I don't care about the plumbing. That's great. As somebody who's passionate about that, they're good at it. I will pay them to do it. But if I say that about faith to my friends or my family, well, there are professionals who do that. That's kind of not my thing. Well, that's not, you can't do that. It's not the same thing. Um, I have to be okay with my children knowing that I don't really care about this. This is just something professionals do. And I think that's the problem. That's what triggered the little mini lecture there was you, when you said that question, yeah. that's the danger is that, is that we go, well, I, don't, I don't know, but, uh, but I'll bet there's a professional who can know. Mm-hmm. It's good that we know there are people who have answers. It's good that I can go, man, I'm running into a passage. I don't know what this means, but philosophically, I don't know the consequences, but I'll bet I can go on Dr. Craig's website, William Lane mm-hmm. Craig's website. I'll bet he's already answered it. Yeah. And he's a really, really bright guy. And I'll bet his answer is very reasonable. makes a lot of sense. Or I bet C.S. Lewis already answered this. Or I bet, you know, uh, uh, Sproul. Yeah. Uh, R.C. Sproul. R.C., thank you. It was like J.C. No, that's mm-hmm. not 
uh, different person, uh, R.C. Sproul, uh, has already answered this. Mm-hmm. That's a good comfort, but it, I can't just be done then. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure Craig answered this. Right. I'll go. I'll go back to snacks. Like, mm-hmm. well, I need to go see what he says and dig through it. And mm-hmm. if my friend asks me, well, how do you answer this? And I go, oh, oh. I should say, well, let's go look together. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at southspring.org. Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up, trust God, search for answers.